0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready. And for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1989 to look at Tom Hanks' hilarious neighbourhood comedy, The Burbs. So let's go and knock on the Clopex door. Let's go and see what's happening. Let's check out a trailer. And I'll see you
1: guys soon. All Tom Hanks wanted was a quiet vacation at home. This is what I need, Carol. I I need... This. Welcome to Mayfield Place. A typical street in the burbs. Morning, Walter. Where nothing much ever happened. Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again. Until the Klopex moved in. Klopex? Klopex. Klopex. No one goes in, no one comes out. The neighbors from hell. It was a nice place to live. He said he thinks the Klopex are evil incarnate. Well, you're much too smart to fall for that, aren't you, honey? But no. Carol! You wouldn't want to visit there. Ray, this is Walter. No! The burbs. I'm going over the fence, and I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. Ray! Do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? We found Walter! We got a real problem. I hit the gaslight, I'd run! God, I love this street. Tom Hanks. I think we are overreacting. No. The Burbs. It's one hell of a neighborhood. Hey, honey, I think we should move.
0: And welcome back guys, so the synopsis for this film is an overstressed suburbanite and his fellow neighbours are convinced that the new family on the block are part of a murderous satanic cult. It's a PG, it's got 102 minute runtime, and it's classed as a comedy mystery thriller. It was directed by the legendary Joe Dante who already at this time had a catalogue of iconic movies in cinema being Gremlins, The Howling and Inner Space. And it had a very modest $18 million budget. And it did really well at the cinema back in 1989. In the summer of '89, it took $50 million at the box office. But although it was a um, success of the cinema at the time, it did have um, some mixed reviews by the critics, which I'm quite surprised because now this film is a cult classic. And i speak to anybody about the burbs, and the response I get is, first of all, the one-liners and the comedy, and I don't know anybody that doesn't really like this film. You know, it's it's a brilliant movie, it's a fun movie, it's a cosy movie. So I'm really surprised when I hear that about the critics' um, reviews about this at the time, saying that they didn't actually like it. But it doesn't matter, because people love this movie now, and like I say, it is a cult classic. And you know what? Let's just say this now. Um, this is what happens when... Hollywood have a writer's strike, then they should be having more writer's strikes in Hollywood because this movie was pretty much made up by the, not only the director at the time, but the whole cast and crew and everybody, everybody had a go at this uh, because of the strike, uh, the the writer, Dana Olsen, he wasn't actually allowed on set even to the point where he had, had to actually get hired as a extra and you actually see him as a police officer at the end of the movie as one of the extras. So he could actually get onto the set, so he could advise Joe Dante about the the script and um, the writing of this movie. And then on top of that, with the cast and crew being allowed to make it up as they go along and ad-lib their lines, uh, the cast actually got on really well in this film, everybody had a really good time, even Joe Dante as a director, I think he enjoyed putting this film together. And let's have a look at the cast. So you've got uh, Tom Hanks in this movie, who plays Ray Peterson. Bruce Dern, who does a fantastic job in this film. He plays Mark Rumsfeld. Uh, You've got Carrie Fisher, who plays Carol Peterson. Uh, Rick Duconum, and I think that's how you pronounce his name. He plays Art Weingartner. Hey, Mr. (laughs) Weingartner. And then you've got uh, Ricky Butler, being played by Corey Feldman. Notice how I said Ricky Butler, butler playing cory feldman or cory feldman because basically he is the same character he plays himself in this film and that is even back on a little bit of a segue here when he auditioned for this film and he saw joe dante he turned up disheveled with long hair and a leather jacket from another movie set and he just he didn't prep for it at all but as soon as he walked through the door joe dante just ultimately went you're hired yep you're exactly what i want you are ricky butler so there you go that's that's how he got this movie And then you've got uh, Wendy Scholl, who plays Bonnie Rumsfeld. Henry Gibson, he plays a real sinister character in this movie. He plays Dr. Werner Klopek. He does a great job. And Theodore... I can't even pronounce his surname, guys. I'll just say Theodore. He plays Ruben Klopek. (laughs) I can't pronounce his names. And Courtney Games, who plays Hans Klopek. Hey, Pinocchio, where are you going? (laughs) And not to mention... um, Dick Miller, the legendary Dick Miller is in this film and he plays the garbage man and he is pretty much a go-to uh, Joe Dante guy he's, he's the guy that turns up in all these films So, and unfortunately to say it's the late Dick Miller as well but he has left a lasting memory in Hollywood a legacy so um, the man is a total legend and whatever small screen time he turns up in is absolute gold so um, yeah god love Dick Miller god bless you and um, so that is it guys that is the name some of the cast in this and oh let's not forget Queenie the dog um, don't know that dog's name but <laughs> let's give Queenie a shout out in this film but um, the trivia there for that dog in this movie is that um, Queenie made an appearance in another film a little bit later on called The Silence of the Lambs and she plays Precious in that movie, so there's a little bit of trivia there for that. And um, Whilst we're talking about trivia, you know how much I love my trivia, which you've probably noticed in my previous episodes. I've got a, a whole ton of it here. There's a whole ton of trivia for this movie, which I've already mentioned about the fact that the cast pretty much made it up as they went along, and about Corey Feldman turning up as himself and getting the role, um, which is fantastic. I think mean, that's brilliant. <laughs> um but the other bits in this film is that um, something I didn't realise, it's really obvious, but not until I read on the IMBD, it's that this is all filmed in the same place and this film is pretty much, you could almost say, is an isolation movie because it's all based on the cul-de-sac and no one actually goes out from the cul-de-sac in this movie. So um, it's one of those, it's its always been there, right in front of you, but I've never really noticed that. So um thought i will mention that and there is a little bit of a gremlins easter egg in this film so when ray peterson is um, having his cereal you can see a gremlin on the front of the cereal and ricky butler's house was used for the 1964 um, sort of like horror comedy tv show the monsters and mr rogers that turns up um, on the tv <laughs> this <laughs> is a funny scene it's a beautiful day in your neighborhood <laughs> but um tom hanks goes on to play um mr rogers in a movie i think that's i think that came out last year or this year so um pretty spooky and that is pretty much it for the trivia guys i think there's a little bit more on the IMDb. so if you want to go and have a look at that go and check it out so there you go and um, one more thing before I move on to the movie review is how could I forget this? Um, the film score by Jerry Goldsmith—an absolute fantastic film score for this movie. It really captures the vibe and the—is it like the sinister elements of this movie and everything like that? It really captures that in this film. So um, fantastic score by Jerry Goldsmith, and he's obviously done um, films like. Um, the gremlins before this obviously and one of the most iconic horror sci-fi movies out there alien so yeah so there's he's a great composer whatever he does he he, again he can turn it into gold so um it's good to have him here on this movie so as a roundup guys um before i go into the review um you can say that all those elements i've just pointed out there you've got um most of the cast have ad-libbed it you've got Joe Dante directing, you've got Tom Hanks, you've got Jerry Goldsmith doing the score, and you've got a film as well which really moves at a nice pace as well. There's no point of this film that I feel like I'm bored or anything like that. I just feel like it goes on at a nice pace. The gags come in right at the right time, and all the all the different characters in this in this film all have their own personality. And their own little quirks and their own little little funny moments and i think that's just what makes this movie gold so that's i'm almost making this my final verdict before going to the film but that's that's what i'm left with and i'm really you can probably hear it in my voice i'm actually am quite buzzed talking about this film because i love it so much so let's check out this film let's have a look at the burbs so the film starts with the Universal logo and the soundtrack to Jerry Goldsmith kicks straight in. There's a real sort of sinister track in the background and the camera pans into the Universal logo with the world turning around. And you get a POV shot of it closing into the planet Earth and then it goes into the um, the housing estate or the suburbs And you're introduced to one of our main characters, Tom Hanks, who gets up late at night in his uh, dressing gown and he goes out to explore his next door neighbours. He's wondering what's going on in the basement and as he walks towards the house, all the leaves start to rustle and then you get a fire that comes out from the basement and before he moves any further, he just steps back and then whatever sounds come out from the basement, it just stops. And then, (laughs) and then Ray... Which is the Tom Hanks character retreats back into his house and he, in the words of uh, Mr. Rumsfield, he didn't do one thing. So, <laughs> something he mentions later on. So then it goes into the next day and you've got the morning and you've basically got three uh, the eyes of the paper boys. So it's quite a great, it's quite a clever scene actually. So the paper is cycling around the cul-de-sac and he's delivering all the papers to all the neighbors and this is where you get an introduction to everybody so you've got mr rumpsfield as i mentioned he comes out and he's, he's an arms dealer and he's in his military outfit and he's put up the american flag and he's saluting it and he's got his wife next to him and then as this happens you've got Corey feldman who comes out and he's painting his house and he puts on these radio and this is where you get like a sort of heavy metal track sort of going so and then um As Mr Rumsfield steps back he treads into some dog poop which is from the next door neighbour's dog which is Queenie (laughs) which belongs to Walter so you've got a little bit of uh, some neighbour issues here straight away which they go into and you get a little bit of carnage going on in the um, neighbourhood and this is where you are introduced again to Ray Peterson which is played by Tom Hanks and he's just having a week off from work, and he's just saying to his wife, Carrie Fisher, you know, Carol, you know, he does, he's, I need this, you know, I, I need a week off, I just want to sort of chill out around the house. And uh, his wife Carol was saying, you know, let's go to the lake, let's get away, but no, he just wants to chill out around the house, and... Um, And he comes out with the last fateful words here saying, look, you know, by the end of the week, I'll be a, I'll be a different guy. You'll see that, you know, Carol, I'll I'll, I'll be a different guy. So which, (laughs) it kind of makes this film hilarious. Then, after all this introduction to all these great characters, you've then got Art, um, which is he's next door neighbor and he comes out and he's walking through the garden with a gun and he's trying to kill this, um, blackbird. And as he points round, Ray comes out, and he almost gets his head blown off, and then you get Art come out and say, Hey, you guys eating in there? And then you get about five minutes of Art just raiding Ray's kitchen and going through his fridge. And this is where he's talking about the Clopex, and he's saying, Hey, you know, have you seen your neighbours recently? And this is where Ray's kind of going, Well, no, I haven't, but I'm not really interested, and I don't really care. Do you know what I mean? But then um, this is where Ray is kind of like pouring fuel onto. Or Art is pouring fuel onto uh, Ray's fire, saying, you yeah, you really need to check that out. You really need to go and see your neighbours. So then you've got a scene here where um, Ray and Art, they're kicking around the garage and he's just showing him some tools and saying, you know, I might build something this week. I don't know. And then this is where you get one of the clopex come out of their house to go and get the paper. And this is again, this is where Art is like prodding Ray on to say, yeah, look, Your neighbour's over there, maybe you want to go and speak to him. And this is where you get your first scene where they walk up to the house and they knock on the door and then as Ray knocks on the door, you've got 669, but then the letter turns over and it goes to 666. And then I think um, Art falls through the door as well. And you just get all these cheap gags, I suppose you could say, but they work so well, they're so effective. And then as that um that number has fallen round, there's a hole and all these bees come out and this is where you get right you go hey hey what's going on there and then they're getting swarmed. they've got a swarm of bees around and they're running through the street and it's just hilarious and it's like some of the best acting for both of these actors it's so it's almost overactive but it works so well and they're rolling around the floor and they're sort of trying to get all these bees off them and then this is where you get mr rumsfield he comes running over with like a hose and he goes oh come to water come to water <laughs> and then as he's running along with the hose it gets caught up and then he falls over and then at the same time you've got Corey Feldman he's just watching from his porch <laughs> he's going this is why I love my neighbourhood and it's absolutely hilarious and it's just one of one of the many scenes that happens in this film it's just so funny And then after all this carnage, this is where you get Mr. Rumsfield comes out with one of the funniest lines I've ever heard. Where he looks over and he says, In Southeast Asia, they call this type of thing, Bad Karma. (laughs) And then the shot sort of pans away. So what you get here is basically you get Ray, who is doing his best to try and enjoy his holiday and put his head in the sand and think, No, my neighbours aren't murderers or anything like that, or ritualistic, satanic worshippers. They're just normal people that just want to keep themselves to themselves. But what happens here is you get Mark Rumsfeld and Art, who eventually team up as a small neighbourhood alliance to investigate the strange going-ons of the Clopex. And as a result of this, you just get one hilarious event after the other. And then it goes into like a nighttime sequence where Ray goes out and walks a dog and then he gets approached by Art. And this is where Art almost stills the show here and he talks about a old urban legend of a guy called Skip who apparently was a mass murderer in the neighbourhood. And this is where Art comes out and tells his story and there's little bits where he goes, You know when it's hot and it got so hot where you got stuff trickling down the back of your net and he goes, Anyway, it was hot. And then he starts saying that there was a weird smell in the area where people had to put these like little pine air fresheners outside their houses and he comes out and he says, Well what was he gonna do? Was he gonna knock on that guy's door and say, Hey, your house stinks? So it's just uh it's just a great performance by him. Like I say, it's almost a sort of show stealing performance by um the actor Rick Buchanan." So anyway, Ray, he, he goes back into his house and he retreats and he's watching a game show with his wife and then um, Art knocks on his door and then they're joined by Mr. Rumsfeld. He's got all this high-tech uh, military equipment. He's got some sort of night scope. And this this is where they see one of the Clopex come out um, from their house and they're putting he's putting something into a trash, trash bin which looks like a body in a bag, which is what they kind of suspect then it starts to rain, and then they say, well, we'll come back out in the morning, and we'll check this out. So then the morning arrives, and this is where you see Dick Miller, and he's the garbage man, and everybody's running out, and Mr. Rumsfield are going through the trash, and they can't find anything, but this is where, again, there's another great line from Mr. Rumsfield, where he goes, I'm not going to pick up the garbage, because you're the garbage man, you're the garbage man. You've got to pick up that garbage. So <laughs> Probably another ad-lib line. So, um. But after all this, uh, during the night time, this is where Ray was looking out of his window and he saw the Clobex digging in the garden. And he just releases this information to Art and Mr. Rumsfield and he says, well, yeah, I saw them digging in the garden. And they're going, so what do you mean digging? And he said, well, they're probably digging for night crawlers. They probably go fishing. And Art's gone straight away. No, I'm not buying into that. They're murderers, they are definitely murderers next door. He's totally sold with it. And then later that day, uh, Mrs Rumsfield finds uh, the next door neighbour's Queenie uh, dog running around and there's no water. So they all go into his house to investigate and this is where Art finds some cookies which um, smash onto the floor. And then Ray decides to take Queenie home and this funny bit where he's trying to write this letter out and he's again he's trying to convince himself but he's not dead and he's writing this late and goes Walter I've got your dog because we all thought you were no I can't write that Walter I thought you was dead and he's gone Night, nope. and he's gone he just goes Walter I have your dogs <laughs> he just leaves it behind <laughs> and then later that night um Art oh, is still pouring fuel onto Ray's fire and he's got this book about satanic rites and things like that and he's Saying to to Ray, look, you know, I think they are a satanic cult. And um, he believes that um, water might have been used as a satanic sacrifice. To which this results in giving Ray nightmares and he goes to bed and he's having a nightmare that the Klobeks have um, put him onto like a sacrificial stone and are going to kill him and he wakes up and... Then he sort of has a dream within a dream where he's walking around his house, and it's kind of like where you get like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre moment, where you get a chainsaw that comes through the wall, and it goes through a picture of him and his wife. So it's almost like he's saying it's gonna it's gonna cause a breakup of his marriage if he carries on like this. And uh, just as he's about to get like sacrificed, he goes no like this, and he just wakes up. And this is where you got uh, as I mentioned earlier, you've got Mr. Rogers on TV. It's just it, it's just comic timing. Where Ray's just sort of there looking dazed and it's got Mr. Rogers going. It's a wonderful day in your neighborhood and it's like I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you <laughs> it's just it's just like comic timing. it's just like bang on it's almost like one of one of my favorite scenes out of the film. and then you've got Ray who's just trying to nurse himself and you know he's drinking some some orange juice on his balcony and art comes back over and he says oh you know come on ray let's 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 do some more investigation and then this is where carol his wife says no you're not having my husband you're going to leave him alone before he ends up someone ends up blowing themselves up or something like that so which effectively happens in the end of this movie so ray's trying to spend the rest of his day in the garden he's just relaxing and then art turns up again and also again talking about the Clopex, uh, Ray's dog brings over this uh, bone, which he's just dug up from under the fence, actually from the Clopex side. And this is where Art goes, well, where did you get this bone? And he says, well, from next door. And he says, what do you think, this come off a chicken? And he explains, this is a human femur bone. And then he comes out and says, Ray, this is water. And you get a hilarious scene where they're both like screaming at the bone. And... Um, at this point this is where carol gets to her own breaking point and she says right um before anybody gets blown up and stuff like that we should just go over and speak to the clopex and introduce ourselves and see what's going on and they go across the road and they meet the clopex and again it's a hilarious scene where they go in and it's a creepy old house um everything looks untidy and disheveled and cobwebby and old and this is where they meet um brother theodore and his brother the doctor and poor old ray he dishes out again he feels obliged to eat some horrible sort of sardine looking thing on a biscuit or something like that and everybody's watching him and then he's like talking about the weather and starts trying to make conversation but whilst all this is going on art can't help himself he's he's keen this is my opportunity to infiltrate the house and he's cutting the wires to try and get over the fence and Tom Hanks starts choking on some tissue and he says I need to use the toilet and as he goes out to use the toilet this uh, like hound from hell comes out the uh, out the door, he goes running out to the garden and it chases after Art and he jumps through the fence and he falls through all the wires and um, Ray's wife is feeling extremely embarrassed and she starts apologising And this is where um, ray eventually sort of gives in or what you believe he does give in where he says look I, you seem like nice neighbors um i've really enjoyed this i've had a nice time maybe we can do this again sometime and he just walks out through the door and he says yeah this was this was good and he shakes um the clopex hands and that and he goes home and then there's a big discussion back home with everybody and they're all talking about it and then this is where ray goes look you know, I'm with, the, I'm with the girls on this, I'm with my wife, I think they're alright, I think they're good. So why don't we all, everybody just go home and we'll just carry on as normal. And then he says to his wife, I just want to have a chat with the guys. And at this point you think Ray is just completely sold with the clopex. But then this is where you, you, you're creeping into the third act of this film. And he says to uh, Art and Rumsfeld, he says, well, whilst I went out to the toilet... I found this. And he pulls uh, Water's, well, what he believes to be Water's headpiece out of his pants, which <laughs> is quite a funny scene. He says, I found this. And he said, which I put back into Water's um, house when we went in there the other day. And he says, the Clopex went back in and retrieved Water's headpiece. And then this is where Mr. Rumsfeld goes, well, what do we do now,
1: soldier? And then
0: <laughs> Ray comes out and says, well, Nobody knocks off a neighbour in my neighbourhood and gets away with it. And then what you get is probably one of the best final acts I've seen in a movie, where Ray manages manages to get rid of his wife, Carol. She goes up to the lake and he says, look, I'm okay. I just want to chill out for the rest of the week. I'm just going to go and play some golf with Art. And then there's old Art dressed up in his golf outfit. And he's going, yeah, we're going to play loads and loads of golf like that. And then she goes and he goes, right, let's go. And then you get Bruce Dern's character, Mr Rumsfeld, he turns out and he's got his military outfit on, he's got his gun, he's got his beret on, he's got a two-way radio. And he's proper ramped it up and it's it's got like a sort of general pattern film score in the background, which was done by Jerry Goldsmith. I think he's just sort of rammed it up a little bit. And uh, it is, like I say, it is an incredible third act to this film where you get one event happen after the other. You've got Mr. Rumsfield on top of a roof, he's doing communications and he's coming out and he's going, Red Rover, Red Rover, let Ray go over. And it's all like tactically done. And then you've got um, Ray and Art, they're digging holes in the garden, they spend all day and they don't find anything. So then they decide to go into the house and they break in and they go into the basement. And that's where they find the furnace. And they start it up and that's where Ray goes, that's no ordinary furnace. And it's like blowing up sort of fire out of the stove which causes the house to shake. But before this, just to mention this, whilst uh, Rumsfield is on top of the roof, um, Ricky Butler next door is having a party with all his friends and he's saying to his girlfriend, you know, this is my neighbourhood, you know, why do we need to go to the theatre? I've got all this. And he gets all his mates to come around. And uh, one of his friends called uh, Lamo, who uh, looks like he's just come out from um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or something like that, and then and goes, hey, get that lame out of my yard. And then <laughs> Ricky Butler goes, hey, lame get out of my yard. It's just, <laughs> oh, just so funny, some of the lines in this film. So then going back to the basement, so as they've started that up, the house is shaking, and then... This is where Rumsfield's on top of the roof, it starts shaking, he falls over and he, he falls off the roof and he crashes down and he fires his gun and it goes through the bloody uh, car windscreen. And this is where you've got Ricky Butler and all his mates all like clapping go woo! <laughs> That's awesome! So then Ray and I decide to have a go at the basement and they start digging and this is where Ray has gone to the point from the beginning of the movie where he is not interested at all. In being involved in any of this to the point where he is now on a mission to find out what the hell's going on and he's like a maniac as he's digging He's he finds something he goes yeah I think I found it and he's digging with a pickaxe and as he throws the pickaxe into this metal object it turns out to be a gas pipe and he's gone oh get out it's gas and he's going what (laughs) he comes running out the house but just before all this has happened um, Walter is returning home in an ambulance because he's what's happened he's had a heart attack so he didn't get taken by the Clopex, and this is where Rumsfield's going guys we've got a big problem but whilst he's trying to talk to uh, Ray and Art in the basement this is where Ray's covered his radio with all the mud and that and then you've got that bit where I just said all this gas is coming out so he comes running out of the house and then in the background you've just got like a huge explosion where the Clopex house just blows up and you've got ray inside it and then you've got all the police and the ambulance and everybody's outside and they're all going what the hell's going on and then this where you get a hilarious scene where you got ray he's just they're going there's something moving in the house <laughs> and then you got ray just completely blown up and fried and he's all got sit all over him and he comes walking out of the house to so a whole audience of oh, the clopex his wife carol um, all the neighbors, the police, the fire brigade—it's just everybody's there. And um, he gets told that he's going to get arrested for arson and all these all these offences that he's committed during the week. And he just says, you know, I don't care. And he eventually gets the breaking point where he says to Art, oh, you know, you've caused all this. Art, he said, the clopex are fine. Um, you know, with the stories that you was telling me about the burbs, it's all just like paranoia. And he says, "Look at me, art. Oh, look, you know, I was supposed to be having a week off from work, and I'm blown up." And this is weird. And this is another point where Tom Hanks ad libbed this point. He just said, "Look, I'm I'm sick. Take me to the hospital." And he just <laughs> he picks up the hospital bed. And he just like chucks it into the ambulance, and he puts himself in there. And he says, "I'm sick. Take me to the hospital. I've had enough." So then. If you, When I first watched this film, I thought that the Klopeks were... Maybe at this point, this whole thing was kind of like all just in everybody's head. But as he's driving to the hospital, this is where you got Dr Klopek in the back of the ambulance. And he says to him, you took one of my skulls. And boom, this is it. This is where you find out that this is all real. And this is where you get a final fight between Dr Klopek and Ray. And you've got um, the Pinocchio-looking character... Uh, which is the young Klopek guy and he is um, he's driving the ambulance but he crashes it through Art's house ironically and you've got Ray and the doctor they come rolling out the back and they're having a fight and Ray says I'm making making a citizen's arrest he tried to kill me and then you've got a police officer trying to say to him well you know he's a he's a tenured doctor he's a very well respected doctor but then as it turns out they look in the back of his car and they go well there's all these skulls in the back. So they're caught with a smoking duck gun and as it turns out they are murderers. So um, it kind of, film makes you think that they're not but then right at the end they are. So uh, Ray's been cleared of all charges and the Clopex are arrested. So in the end this holiday that Ray was having it's turned him into a different guy because he's smoking a cigar and he's walking around his neighbourhood and he's turned into this character where he's gone. He goes up to Ricky Button. and he says, Ricky, I'm going to have a little bit of time out, but will you keep an eye on the neighbourhood for me? He says, yeah, hell yeah. And then you got like a camera shot of Ricky running through the neighbourhood and he's walking through and he goes, man, I love this neighbourhood. And you get the scene here where you get another POV shot where it pans out from uh, the suburbs and you get what you had at the beginning of the movie where you, again you see the, the Earth and the Universal sign and that's the end of the movie so that is the burbs and as you can probably hear from my voice i absolutely love this film it's just hilarious it's my go-to film um love it i can i can repeatedly watch this film and get entertained every time so that is it guys that is the bite size review of the burbs if you haven't seen it go check it out if you have seen it i've no doubt you're a fan like me so there you go guys, hope you enjoyed the show, I will be back soon, I will be having a look at the cult classic Sam Raimi third instalment of the Evil Dead movie, The Army of Darkness with Bruce Campbell, I think i need to have a chat about that film and all it's greatness and how that all came about in the early 90s, so look out for that, that'll be dropping soon. A uh, little bit of admin guys, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so check out all the other shows. And if you want to check the show out, you can find me on, or you can find the show on YouTube, iTunes and the Legion Network. So go check that out. And I've also got a Facebook page where there's lots of fun stuff going on there. So post stuff on there. Let me know what films you're watching or if there's any films you want me to check out, put them on there or I'll have a look. So um, that's it, guys. Um, keep it bite size, keep it safe, and I'll see you guys soon.